Yeah, it is Sedano and Kaplan here on 710 ESPN. And Chris, you're exactly right. Sedano is stuck in traffic. And if it wasn't for Michael Thompson, who loves to come in and visit with Mason in Ireland on Wednesday afternoons, I would spend this entire first segment wailing away about what happened on HBO's Hard Knocks last night and what subsequently turned into a viral video today on Fox Sports 1. And I'll get there, and I know George will want to get there, but let me say good afternoon to Michael Thompson, who is in our downtown L.A. studios. Hey, MT, how are you, man? Hey, Cap. Thanks to you, I'm going to be really stuck in traffic going home in that 5 o'clock traffic. Thanks a lot, Cap. Thanks well, a lot, Sedano. Where is Sedano? He couldn't leave the Cuban sandwich uh, behind and had to wait for the order? It's so funny because George and I were on the phone. This was 20 minutes ago. Mm-hmm. And he said to me, <laughs> this is exactly what he said to me. He goes, I had a meeting today with Dave Roberts, and I went, wait a second. I thought the Dodgers were in Philadelphia. And it turns out that there's somebody else named Dave Roberts that he had a meeting with in Beverly Hills where he was having lunch. And so I realized quickly he wasn't talking about the same Dave Roberts that I was thinking of. So, yes, Michael, if you get stuck in major traffic today, which is not an if, but when a, a when. Oh, yeah. Please, blame Sedano, not yes. me. Well, it was going to be trapped. Anytime 4 o'clock from 4, let's say from 3 o'clock on, going down to 405 is the a, is a, a parking lot. So I'm, I was stuck either way. Yeah, and you've got, you got quite a drive ahead of you too, right? I mean, you're going yeah. from downtown L.A. To, to Orange County, right? After a Laker game, it's 11 o'clock at night, around 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. It takes me 47 minutes to get home. Now at this time of day, it'll take me about 223. Oh, my God, dude. I always was fascinated by Stu Lance, who would drive from South San Diego all the way up to L.A. I was like, Stu, what are you doing? He's like, no, I live in San Diego. That's where I want to be. And and that's what he did. But you know what, though? He has, what, four months off everywhere where he doesn't have to do it. Yeah. He's like a teacher. He gets the summers off. Uh Hey, Michael, let me get your opinion on something as we come on the air here this afternoon, because it's a story that I know I've been fascinated by. And that is the Dennis Schroeder story. I've been seeing oh. these headlines. And here's the headline I see. Schroeder is out of his mind with what has happened here. Yeah. And, and, you know, people will put the comparison. Four years, $84 million on this side to play for the Lakers. Mm-hmm. One year, $5.9 million to go play for the Celtics. I'll be very curious to hear what you have to say about this. But I want to say one thing. If I were the Celtics, I'd be saying this to Dennis Schroeder. Hey, man. Get over it, okay? You, your agent, whoever, somebody made a mistake, but that's over now. And if you ever want to become a $20 million a year player, you better get your stuff together. Otherwise, all we're getting is some $5.9 million backup. Do you want to be the player you thought you were, or are you going to sit here and whine and cry about this? We're giving you an opportunity. Come play. Michael, what do you say to this? Man, I feel so bad. I try to feel bad for Dennis, but... Let's put it this way. Schroeder wasn't so shrewd when it came to negotiating, was he? Um, listen, you want to have sympathy for him, but Cap, they off, the Lakers offered him $21 million bucks a year. Four years for $84 million. Now, obviously, Dennis overvalued his value in the NBA. He's a good player. And he had his team offer him $21 million a year to stay here and play with LeBron James. Now, maybe they would have traded him. Who knows? But he still would have got his money. So he obviously overvalued his uh, – overestimated his value, either him or his agent or whoever his close inner circle is. Um, I think he was thinking, I want 25 million bucks a year. They were offering you 21. Now, maybe you could have said, okay, well, let's meet in the middle, Lakers or whoever, and let's, get for, let's settle for 23. And maybe the Lakers said no. But 21 million bucks a year, you got to understand your place in this league. 
Kevin Durant, uh, LeBron, Anthony Davis, Luka, those kind of players could turn it down and go, you know, I'll wait. And even if they get hurt, they're still going to get paid. Like Kawhi, right? Kawhi opted out and still gets paid because he's Kawhi freaking Leonard. Of course he's still going to get paid. Or Joel Embiid, players of that caliber, Jokic. And Dennis had to realize, I'm not that type of player. I'm not a franchise player. And if my team's going to offer me $21 million here to stay here for the next four years, whether I get traded or not, I'm afraid I got to understand my value here and my worth and my status in this league, and I got to take this. Basically, this is the third time this has happened to a player now. The first time happened to Nerlens Noel, now playing for the New York Knicks. He got offered $72 million for four years from Philadelphia to take, and he turned that down. You know what he ended up signing with the next year? Two million bucks a year. Yeah. Caldwell Pope was offered 85 for five from the Detroit Pistons. Turned it down. He ended up signing with the Lakers for, I think, 17 because LeBron wanted to make sure he got him over here. And he had to basically sign one-year deals for the next couple of years to try to get some, recoup some of that money. And eventually he has made it up. He just signed a $40 million deal for, uh, by the Lakers now with Washington. And he's going to make up that 85. Finally, he's going to get to that total. But he had to scrimp and, and kind of worry about it for a couple of years. And so now this is the third time a guy has turned down 80-something million dollars to have to settle for basically, you know, chump change by NBA standards. Right. So let this be a lesson to future players in this league who are not franchise players. When your team offers you close to what you want, take it because you never know what's going to happen in free agent market because obviously Dennis thought once the summer rolls around, I'll have five or six or ten guys uh, coming at me, offering me $25 million a year. That didn't happen. John Collins, I was worried about him in Atlanta, the young forward out of Atlanta. Atlanta last year offered him $90 million for four years. He turned it down. He wanted, I think he wanted the full max, sort of like what uh, Trey Young got, five years for 160 But he wasn't going to get that. So finally the Hawks were nice and came back, because he's a good player, came back and says, we'll give you five for 125 And he actually let that offer sit out there for a week. And I'm thinking, John Collins, what are you thinking? 25 million, but you're 22 years of age. Take that, and at 27, you could go in for another dip. Right. But don't right. leave $125 million sitting on the table. Eventually, he did accept it. He did sign it. And I, and I, he's no relative of mine, but I was like, I was relieved he signed it because I hate to see these young men blow these opportunities, and Dennis blew his, and it just drives me nuts. They yeah. forget, Cap, how much money. $21 million a year is. Well, I mean, Michael, I'm so glad you're saying this because I was saying the exact same words yesterday to Sedano. I was like, look, Dennis Schroeder overestimated his value and he did not realize who the NBA thinks he is. Mm -hmm. We know who he thinks he is, but the NBA clearly doesn't think the same about him. The Lakers offered him that money and where the screw-up was, in my opinion was that you're going to make $84 million in basketball money. Go beyond basketball. You're in Los Angeles. You're wearing a Lakers uniform. You're playing alongside LeBron and AD before this revamped roster. There's going to be another $20 million, if that's what's going to make you happy, in sneaker deals, in other endorsements, other business opportunities. The off-the-floor money will be greater because you've got a long-term deal. And again, in theory, he stays with the Lakers. You being part of this team, part of LeBron and AD's team, you'll make so much more money off the floor. I mean, again, I don't know if it was Schroeder who, who thought this about himself or his agent, whoever it was. I mean, you can't fire and cancel yourself, but man, yeah. what a monster mistake. And for some reason, Michael, I can't stop thinking about it because yeah. we actually had this conversation yesterday. I wonder if you have a good answer. 
Do you have a, a mistake in your life, like a monster financial mistake that you still look back on and go, what was I thinking, like Schroeder today? I mean, we all make mistakes, but not at this level, of course. I tried to start a shoe uh, retail business in the Bahamas, and I couldn't get it off the ground because uh, it's just too much uh, shenanigans going on down there. So I lost some money, but it was only a, a like tens of thousands. It wasn't tens of millions like Schroeder, like Schroeder did. So, yeah, you, we all have made uh, bad business decisions at, at smaller scales throughout the course of our professional lives. Maybe someone hasn't, but I'd say the majority of us has. And we've all made mistakes here and there, trusting someone with a, a loan and he didn't pay it back. It happens in life when they know you have the money, but uh, nothing like this. If, if Schroeder was my son, and, or if this was Clay or something, I say, son, I know you. We think you're worth 25 million, but 21 million bucks, and you're so young, you can recoup. That you can make up the rest later if you stay healthy and just and continue to produce. But no, I've never made a mistake like that. I would If I was, if I was in his shoes, let's say, okay, let's say, um, 30, 40 years ago when I was playing, we didn't have this kind of money. But I was hoping to make a million bucks a year, right? I was hoping to get to that level, mm-hmm. playing for the Portland Trailblazers. I thought I was worth it. This is when. Boy, a million bucks a year. Who could live on that, right? Uh, <laughs> How but, are you going to feed your family? Yeah, but this is when the NBA didn't have these astronomical crazy sides. But then again, back in 1988, 89, 90, a million bucks a year was considered crazy money in sports, right? I mean, who wouldn't want that now? People driving in their cars, going home right now, would love to have a million bucks a year for the next five years coming in. And I was hoping I would get that from the Blazers. And the Blazers said, nope, we're not going to give you that kind of money. We'll give you 600 a year. You know what I did? I said, you know what? 600 years sounds good to me. I think I'll take that, and I'll try to make up for the rest later. But I didn't. I stubbornly turned down 600,000 years and said, well, I'm going to go back into the market next year. No way. So you have to understand your value in this league and realize, and I realized, I'm not Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I'm not Hakeem Olajuwon. I'm not Moses Malone back in the days when I was playing uh, Artist Gilmore. I'm not that type of center. I'm a good player, but I ain't at their level, so I think I'll take the 600. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you just got to be – again, you, you keep bringing it up, $25 million versus $21 million. Yeah. It's like thinking to yourself, hey, look, I, I won't be able to survive on $21 million. If I don't get twenty-five. I mean, I'm just not going to be able to take that. And, and I here's just, the thing I'm, about Schroeder. He, he already made like $60, 70000000 million bucks from his previous contract. So it wasn't like this was his first dip into big money. He had already basically or should be set up for life. So even though he's only he's listen, listen to us. He's only making five point nine million next year. He should still be okay unless he threw away all of his money in the last four years. Yeah. It's only five point nine and I know 5.9. it's crazy, crazy, crazy money. And one year at five point nine million, I'd be set up for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. But seriously, Michael, the no, difference between be. No you wouldn't be. Think well, about it. So you got, okay, you know, half of us, half of us going to the government. So you're talking five nine. So you're talking around three million. Depending on where you live in California, that five point nine is what uh, two? Is what uh, what is that? Two point eight? No, yeah, two point eight, two point nine after after tax dollars, right? So now Laura's got a two point eight million dollars in cash sitting in the bank. Laura, the first thing you can do is you're gonna look to buy a new house, probably buy a car to help out some family members. So that two point eight could disappear quickly if you're not very studious and very, uh, you know, you know, good judgment about it. What do you think, Laura? I'm Mexican. We take care of our money. <laughs> really? And take care of each other, though, right? Don't you have a large family who will be do. calling you, knowing that Laura has $2.8 million bucks in your account? I mean, in California, that's not a lot, but right. it's better. You know, it's more than what I got now, yeah. so I'll definitely take <laughs> right. it. Yeah. I love, by the way, that you were just about to do some math. I do this all the time. $5.9 million. Yeah. After taxes, we'll round it up to $3 million. Okay. After paying your agent... We're gonna we're gonna be down to about two point seven million. Well, your agent's fee comes off to five point nine. So okay, yeah. So that that yeah, but that does lower it a little bit. All right. So so all told, let's say you walked away with again, just let's call it three million bucks. Yeah. 
If you gave me three million dollars in my bank right now, right I'm now. not saying I'm not saying that I'm going to live the high life right. for the rest of my. T- I'm just telling you yeah. that that's a massive amount of money mm-hmm. uh, for someone who doesn't have that kind of cash. But the thing is, five point nine million, even before all the taxes. The difference between that and $21 million, oh, yeah. I mean, we're talking about $15 million bucks here. Yeah. You know? I yeah. mean, what a monster disaster. So, Michael, of all the free agency moves that have happened around the NBA, this is the biggest loser mm-hmm. of them all. At $5.9 million, yeah. Dennis Schroeder is the face of biggest loser in the NBA free agency. Yeah, of, of caution. It's a, it's a great caution for future free agents like next year and beyond. When you have, if you're not a franchise, but if you're not Giannis, we all know who the franchise, Luca, if you're not that type of caliber of player, when your team comes close to what you want, take it. Right. Take the money. Exactly right. Michael, uh, let me get you uh, to tell me what you think. I'm sure you talked about this on Mason in Ireland, but we got a whole bunch of new people that are just getting into their cars and they're just getting stuck into traffic. Just give me an overall thought and opinion on the Lakers roster rebuild. What Boy, do you I make think, of it? Ooh, man, I tell you, it's, intri- it's interesting. It's intriguing. The future is now. This team is built to win next year. They may have a two-year window with this collection of uh, veterans. LeBron is going to be 37. Uh, Russell's going to be 33, I believe, but he's in great shape. Uh, AD is going to his prime. Uh, Melo's going to be 37, 38, uh, one of the veterans on the team. Marcus Gasol's 37, I believe. So they are – Dwight Howard's 36, I believe. So they are built to win it next year, get, uh, get blessed with good health. Now, they've got some younger guys on the team, and Nunn and THT, uh, but they've got 35-year-old Ariza, 34-year-old or 33-year-old Baysmore. So this is a team that's built uh, to compete for a championship next year, and they're very capable of doing that because they've got all the, all the parts uh, covered. They've got the inside power game with Dwight Howard and Anthony Davis. They've got the outside shooting with Monk and Nunn and Mello and Ellington. THT can knock down shots. LeBron can shoot. AD can shoot. So this team is built from top to bottom to win now, and I think they're very capable with their experience, uh, with all the experience and, uh, that they have on this team. They're not going to be – nervous come clutch time because all these guys, all these veterans have been through it. They've all went, won rings. Uh, let's see, AD, Ariza, uh, LeBron, who else is uh, Dwight, Gasol. Uh, that's five champions on the team right there from all the veterans who have won. THT's on the, on know, the team last a year. Young, young veteran who won a yep. ring. So yep. this team, blessed with good health, given good health. If everybody's healthy next year, if that's every team in the league, the Lakers – will definitely be in the Final Four. They're not in the Final Four next year. I mean, Western Conference Finals, then I, I, I don't know what happened. Health, the absolute key ingredient to all of it. We'll keep it going. Michael Thompson is in. And by the way, 47 minutes to go from downtown L.A. to Orange County after a Laker game, okay, no problem. Two hours and change, whether it's right now leaving downtown L.A. or if it's in 20 minutes from now. At this point, it doesn't matter, so I don't feel bad about keeping you around a little bit longer. Michael Thompson is in. George Sedano will join in a matter of moments. Producer Lindsay, producer Laura, all in the house, and we are just getting underway on Sedano and Kaplan here on 710 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play.
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Yeah, it's Sedano and Kaplan here on 710 ESPN. As Chris mentioned, Real Dodger Talk. Here's some Real Dodger Talk. It's top of the first, and it's 0-0 between the Dodgers and the Phillies. Keep you updated as the afternoon goes on. So hang with us because we're going to have all kinds of fun this afternoon. And like I said, we'll keep you up to speed on what's going on with the Dodger game. Got a lot to talk about about what happened last night, just by the way. So we'll get there. Got a lot to get to as the afternoon rolls on. Michael Thompson is in our downtown L.A. studios. And Laura, did I just hear you say is Sedano back with us? Yes. All right. Hi, George. Hello. How are you, my friend? I'm good. How are you? How's traffic out there? Oh, man, the 405 was rough. I was coming all the way. I had a uh, lunch meeting in Beverly Hills, and it took forever oh. to get back to the South Listen Bay. to you, Mr. Elitist, Beverly Hills. You could hey, have- I wasn't the one in Beverly Hills. It was someone I was visiting who was in Beverly Hills, wow. not me. It was the, uh, the Dodgers you- manager. Yeah, what did you add? Yeah, the one, no, it one wasn't. Percent. What did you, what'd you have for, for lunch, caviar? No, I had a salad, chicken Caesar. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of salad? Yeah. I just said Chicken Caesar. Chicken Caesar. Oh, Chicken Caesar. I didn't hear you say that. And what did yeah. the bill come to, like 85 bucks? I don't know. I didn't pay for it, so oh, okay. what do I care? Nice. <laughs> nice. Right. Yeah. Chicken Caesar is a nice salad. Yeah, yeah. My, Michael, let me ask you this, okay? I heard you guys talking about Dennis Schroeder. Oh, that poor guy. What is the, did, it, did Scott ask you what the worst uh, investment you, you've made in your career or, yeah, or yeah. the biggest financial mistake yeah. you made in your career? There was nothing like this where I just lost thousands, not millions of dollars, but uh, right. trying to start a shoe business in the Bahamas. Oh, really? What kind of shoes? Like sneakers? Uh, I, was, uh, I had a Nike. I was trying to open up a Nike retail store where the, the, all the merchants would buy through me, but they right. chose to uh, skip my. They chose to skip me, the middleman, and go directly to Miami. Uh. How about that? Your people over there messed me up, uh, Sedano. Nah, I'm sorry to hear that. But, uh, <laughs> and why did you think that was going to work? I'm just well, curious. Well, because it saved the retailers from going all the way to Miami to get the shoes that they needed to just come right to me just a few blocks away. Right. But they refused to, to deal with me, so I had to just discard my business and get rid of my shoes. How yeah. long ago was this? Oh, geez, let's see. I'm 66, so we're talking about when I was with Nike. That was like in 1980, let me think, 1982, 83, something like that. Long time ago. Yeah. Mm. And what were you going to do? Have a warehouse just filled yeah. with shoes? Which I did. Warehouse full of shoes, but uh, the merchants didn't want to buy from me. They chose so what'd to you do with them all? I uh, ended up uh, selling them to, or giving them away to kids. I was nice. Yeah. I mean, it was, they, I wasn't selling them, so I might as well give them away to poor people. Right. Nice. Yeah. Now, Michael, uh, having Russell Westbrook back, I heard yeah. you guys kind of briefly touching on that. I thought it was fascinating listening to him, and we kind of touched on it, like, you know, when, when it happened about just having an L.A. guy on the roster. But when you hear him talk about it, I felt like it hit differently. You know also. what I mean? Like, I spent time watching the press conference last night after the show because just, you know, timing-wise, it didn't work out to be able to watch it in real time. And, you know... Hearing him talk about, like, skipping school to go to the parades back in the day with Shaq and Kobe in that group, right? Like, just so many things. Like, I, I do feel like if you look back at the history of the Lakers, and, you know, Byron obviously was one guy who was a local guy who played on the team. But this team does not have a ton of guys who have been local guys to play on the roster. Lonzo uh, was one. Byron was another, right? Who are some of the other guys? Uh, Los Angelinos who got to play with the Lakers? Correct. Uh, Michael Cooper. Michael Cooper's from Michael Pasadena. Cooper, that's right. That's Pasadena. right. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, let's see who else. Oh, Jam- Jam- Jamal, Jamal Wilkes. Wilkes. Yeah, I think yeah. he grew up in L.A. Yeah. Um, who else? Uh, any other prominent Lakers other than guys who were just here for a cup of coffee? Um, I, I'm sure there's been others. I just can't come think of them right now. 
Yeah, but yeah, yeah but those special. Are... It's special for that's why I haven't Russell back. He's thirty, going to be thirty three, but yeah. the way he plays and the, he's going to have his family at every game. That's going to rejuvenate him and make him feel like he's twenty three. Well, I hope so. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, uh, I, I mean, I think they're the team to beat in the West. That's oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah, they are. We said that last year, of course. But if they can stay healthy, but they're so deep that uh, these guys should be able to stay healthy because they don't have to extend themselves with a lot of minutes, even LeBron. All right, well, let me ask you a quick question. Last year, at this same time, as the Lakers rebuilt back then, we all thought the same thing. You know, yep. I'm trying to pump my brakes on the hype, but it's awfully hard to do. If hypothetical. This year, AD was in the same spot he was in last year. How much better do you think the Lakers are based on what they've done? I mean, in other words, are they, can they sustain differently this time around? Yeah, I think so because they got better shooters on the team. Malik Monk, Kendrick Nunn. Uh, Ellington, those boys can flat out shoot. So that's yeah. the outside shooting is going to. Ken Bazemore is a pretty yeah, good shooter. He's a little erratic at times, but yep. he but he can shoot. Yeah. Oh, Kevin Reese, the longtime photographer in, here in L.A., says Gail Goodrich was from L.A. Oh, that's right, Gail Goodrich. I forgot about him. That's I right. mean, Jordan Farmar. I mean, not a Farmar, star, yep, but exactly. Yeah. That's another yeah. one. So I'm sure there's a bunch of them just slipping on my. Oh, right there now. there will be people who will tweet us all afternoon or call the show and just remind us of of you know players that we're missing for certain. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, but, um, yeah, this Laker team is solid from top to bottom. They can beat you. They can go to any style. They can go big. They can beat you for a perimeter. They can uh, – uh, LeBron and AD can, and Russell Westbrook can dominate you. So, uh, uh, the West is tough. I'm not, I'm not discarding uh, discarding Phoenix and, and uh, Denver when Jamal Murray comes back. Utah will be tough. But, boy, this Laker team, if they can stay healthy, if everybody can stay healthy, I don't see how you beat them in seven games. Mm. You didn't mention Golden well, State. Well, I, we got to see how Clay is and how Weissman improves. So that's why I don't want to say anything until they get back and see what they look like. Any insider info on Clay? <laughs> of course he's got insider info. Come on, he's not giving it. anything just, up. Just Come working, on. Out, working out and getting better every day. That's all he can say. I saw his commercial. He's got that new commercial for with, the uh, NBA. Kaiser, with Kaiser? Yeah, with Kaiser Permanente. Yeah, this yeah. Is the sec- he, he did one last year when he sat out, and he had to do another one this year. So, <laughs> like, so this has been a two-year thing with Kaiser. Yeah. yeah. Well, man, a little extra money. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, you got a point there. You know, Rocco but, needs uh, treats and food, yeah. you know. But that's but you don't want to you don't want to do a hospital commercial cuz you're hurt. Right. Yeah. 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 I guess I'll that's that. true. But you know, even he said, uh, you know, Clay said that, you know, he's not going to be 30-minute Clay to start the season, yeah. you know. Yeah, they'll bring him back slowly and by January we'll hope that he's 30-minute Clay and back to knocking down threes. Yeah. Did you see this? You always, you, you did you see the story about him? What he told that fan that was uh, at, he ran into a Chipotle or yeah. whatever? Yeah, that's good advice, wasn't it? It is good advice. Yeah, I was I was impressed by that. Fill Very us impressed. all in. Let me hear okay, the details. So Clay, the guy said, "Clay, can I ask you a question? One piece of advice you have for an upcoming entrepreneur or an athlete?" He said, "That's a great question, Kai. The kid's name was Kai. Be yourself. Be patient. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. Be original. Stick to your core values. Don't measure your success based on what other people do. Everyone's at their own pace. It's not about material things. It's about inner peace and doing something you're passionate about. So that would be my advice. Look at Clay growing yeah. up. I tell you, I love it. Yeah, he always had a Clay was always a well thought out young man. Even as a kid, I remember when he was like." Um, Maybe seven or eight or nine months old. Sometimes we'd, we'd be, we'd be uh, at home in Playa del Rey, and we're at home, of course, and we'd go, where's Clay? And we'd be looking around for him, and he'd be in the corner reading books at like nine, ten months old. Wow. Reading like, books. Just reading his little, clip, his well, little kid I mean, books, you know? Real books. But sitting yeah, on his, right. yeah, little books, sitting on his knee, but reading his books all by himself. It's like, yeah. wow, he's going to be a studious little guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
And that who knew cool. he'd be your, your gravy train, get you a nice uh, you know, new bathroom or whatever it is you What are you, you talking about? I got my own buried treasure in the Bahamas. That's why I was down there last month. I to make sure I was still where I buried it. Yeah, you got to make sure. You, <laughs> right. Do you have like a map with an X on it? With is the, that that's what it right. is? That's right. But I, I got to keep that map in my possession at all Dude, times. Because if one of you guys warehouse. get it, I'll be broke. You got that what, shoe what? warehouse. He's like, hey, there ain't no shoes in there anymore. <laughs> exactly. Let's just put what my would, treasure in there. What would, what would be in the Michael Thompson time capsule if you could bury Ooh. it in the Bahamas somewhere? Like just your lifetime capsule. That's a great question. Uh, obviously, my NBA jerseys, Blazers, yeah. Spurs, and uh, Lakers. And probably my uh, Minnesota jersey, too. And high school, Miami Jackson Generals jersey. There so, you go. So the I undefeated put, national champions. So I put my uh, my basketball jerseys in there. I put a bag of sh- uh, uh, champagne and nuts. Got to be oh, in of there. Course. <laughs> yeah, so, of course. So whoever was <laughs> digs up my time capsule can uh, pop the bubbly. It'll still be good as long as you don't open it. And the nuts are nuts are so uh, well preserved. Uh, it's not so much chemicals on it. It'll stay good for hundreds of years. So champagne and nuts will be in there. Let's see. Pictures of uh, my family, of course, so people can remember who I was and what I looked like and who I was related to. Oh, what about that picture of you in the, oh, you yeah, know, on the beach or whatever, on the yeah. carrying on your the wallet? Yeah. On, the, on the boat, snorkeling yeah. with uh, when I look like. Yeah, when I, the when snorkel I, picture. The picture yeah. where I make Dwight Howard look like Reggie Miller. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that picture. That's By right. the way, Michael, speaking of Reggie Miller, and, and, you know, we can talk about this a little bit uh, later with you. Did you see that there is um, – uh, the Malice in the Palace documentary on Netflix. Oh, yeah. Have you seen that? I, have yeah. not I haven't seen it yet. Is it out yet? Yeah. It is. It's, it's out. It's a five-part yeah. series, yeah. yeah. Oh, I definitely yeah. want to see it. That would yeah. be amazing. You know, Are it's you funny play- about that. I, I, I had to choose last night. Um, there's, there's Malice in the Palace, which is a five-parter, and then there's Hard Knocks on HBO, which is a five-parter. I chose to go Hard Knocks first because I just thought it was like more timely, especially with the Cowboys being in Oxnard. Yeah. But I got to see this Malice in the Palace Doc, I'm really excited to see it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, man. That's a fascinating day. And, uh, you know, Ireland, I mean, we and Mace were talking about that because, you know, the NFL is trying to uh, knock down taunting. And so we were talking about how taunting, trash talking, basically, is good. It's fun when it's involved in basketball or baseball, whatever sport. But Ireland, Mason kept saying, no, we don't want another malice in the palace. We're not talking about that. Nobody wants to see it escalate to that. But taunting and trash talking is fun when guys are going at it. Yeah, that thing. Iron Man. Do you, you know what? Let's break because we got to play overrated, underrated. Do you want to play with us? Yeah, I mean, I'm already stuck in traffic. Yeah, so you're one stuck more segment will kill me. Right. I mean, two hours. No, if you got to go, minutes. you got to go. That's you fine. Know, no big deal. I, 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 for, you're for, stuck. For, for underrated, overrated, I'll do that. I, I like to straighten you guys out on that. Underrated or overrated with Lindsay? Oh, Michael. Oh, with Lindsay. Oh, so exactly. much better you know than with Bergman. Yeah. yeah. No, okay, no so there you go. Overrated, underrated. Michael's sticking around one more segment because he's already stuck. It's going to take him two hours to get back to his palatial estate in Orange County anyway. All right, one more segment with Michael next here on 710 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, overrated or underrated? Got a couple good ones for you guys today. The first one is... Five thousand twelve-dollar Tom Brady NFTs went on sale today on Tom Brady's platform, which is called Autograph. I guess they partner with DraftKings, and the signature edition Brady NFTs sold out within twelve minutes. Kind of funny because you know it's Tom Brady and twelve. Uh, the Autograph preseason pass collection also features Wayne Gretzky, Tony Hawk, Naomi Osaka, Derek Jeter, and Tiger Woods NFTs. 
Overrated or underrated? Kaplan. Um, for me, I'm going to say that they're underrated for this reason because I don't know enough about them. You know, we talk a lot about cryptocurrencies, you know, but NFTs are something I have not really taken the time to understand. I read this story yesterday about how Brady's NFT was coming out, and I don't really know a lot about it, but here's what I do know. If Brady's in it, if Gretzky's in it, if these kinds of superstar athletes are in it, I want a little piece of it. But I was never a baseball card collector type. And so the notion of a digital card, it, it doesn't do much for me. But, I mean, based on what we were just talking about with Michael, making financial mistakes, Schroeder-esque, maybe I should be looking into it. I'm saying underrated because for me, it's, this is an under-the-radar story. Michael, what do you think? NFT is overrated, underrated? Uh, I think they're probably underrated because of the way technology is going. You know, uh, like the old school guys from the bubblegum cards, but boy, the way technology is improving and making these things into holograms and all that stuff, uh, we, this thing might just take off in the future, and this might be the way to go, so it's probably underrated right now. Oh, it is super Ooh. underrated. This thing is going to blow up. This is the way collectibles are going to be done moving forward in a digital way. Um, it, it, it is the wave of the future. You either hop on board now um, or you know, you're going to get left behind. This is basically it. That's like anything in life. Technology evolves everything. Yep. Next! I've got a wallet filled with those, uh, what are they called? The Top Shot cards. i got a whole yeah, bunch me of too. them. So maybe I've got a Zion. I've got a Luca. I've got a bunch of good ones. I sold one of my LeBron ones, but the rest are decent. All right, mm. next one here. Uh, Nets GM Sean Marks said that the team is close to wrapping up extensions for Brooklyn's Big Three. So we all know KD inked his extension a couple days ago. While Mark said Kyrie Irving and James Harden are expected to be locked up by the start of training camp next month. Is Brooklyn's big three right now, offseason of 2021, overrated or underrated? Sedano. Uh, I'm going to say it is underrated. Um, I think that they're going to be – if they can lock in those guys, because people just assumed, oh, well, you know – uh, those guys have uh, potential to leave in two years or whatever, but if they commit long-term and they can actually make it work and coexist, they're going to be in the championship mix for as long as they stay together and stay relatively healthy. So I'm going to say underrated. It is overrated only because I can't even believe this is news. What did they think they were going to do? Not sign an extension? Those three guys made sure that they could all hook up and play together in Brooklyn, and you know they're going to finish their careers together. So this should have been expected, and the big news would have been if they elected not to sign their extension. So this is definitely uh, overrated because this is supposed to be expected news. I'm with Michael on this. To me, this is overrated, but I'll give you a couple other reasons. One, because as great as they are as individual players, the fact of the matter is they did not win a title in their first year together. Only because they got hurt. Come okay, on. that's fine. But the facts are the facts, are they not? Yeah, I mean, but come on. You can't avoid injuries. Okay. but that's like but they, that's, they were healthy and they failed. But, but, but that's what happened. They did not win. Right. Okay. But secondly, here's my thing. Kyrie, how much can I, as a teammate, count on him? Okay, th that's a separate question. I, I, now the injury part of it, I think is, I'm with I'm with uh, with Michael on this. Like you know, it's there's sometimes it's out of your control. Now look, once your injury history adds up, I do think that that's a challenge. But um, the the mm, Michael, do you trust Kyrie? Yeah, I think it'd be all right. He's a little flaky sometimes. You know, he gets emotional. Things can. Yeah. But I think with uh, KD and 
and Harden there. Let's say he does go off on one of his little sabbaticals for a week. Yes, with KD and Harden there, they'll be able to hold the ship up until he gets back. And then when the playoffs roll around, Kyrie will be Kyrie. I don't know, Yeah, man. And, he and here's the other the thing. I, I, Michael has a soft spot for injuries because he still blames Riles yep. for that one loss when Byron blew out his mm-hmm. hamstring and he had a bunch of injuries because yep. Riles made him practice too hard. Well, shh. I don't blame Riles. Because of how you say that, he's the godfather. You want me to stay in this country or what? <laughs> Come on. I, I just say right. that it's unfortunate that Byron and Magic got hurt. Yes. You don't want to get whacked. Exactly. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, so- sorry, Pat. Yeah. Michael is too chicken bleep to tell you that he blames you. That's right. So I'll just rephrase it and say that Michael <laughs> believes it was an unfortunate circumstance. It, it was the, 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 the gods were against us. It wasn't yeah. Riley. Shh. Quiet, Sodano. Jeez. I don't want to get on Pat. I Riley's mean, back, listen. So. I may. Be, I, next time I go down there, I'm going to tell him no, Michael Thompson don't, blames don't you. Don't you dare! Oh, please, don't you dare! Don't Why you wait do that. until you go down there? Text no, him. He said he'd have him. another ring. No, right. Yeah. Well, no, don't say that. Just say fate. Fate got no way. Just tell Rouse yeah. that. Don't say nothing about <laughs> me blaming him. <laughs> All right. Next one more. All right, Michael. You like this because you're a big boxing fan. Oh yeah. So another one of the summer's biggest oh. fights has fallen through as Errol Spence Jr. Yep. has been forced to withdraw from his planned WBC and IBF welterweight title defense against the legendary Manny Pacquiao. Mm. Spence suffered a retinal tear that forced him out of the bout. Pacquiao will now face WBA welterweight champion Jordanis Ugas in the August 21st pay-per-view main event. So looking back at Manny Pacquiao's overall career, would you say that in general he's Overrated or underrated? Oh, Michael, okay. start with you. Oh, underrated, man. Manny Pacquiao, mm. he started out as a – let me see. I got to make sure I get this right, George and uh, Cap and Lindsay. I think he started out as a – maybe a flyweight. Yeah, I think – and that's like 105 pounds when he was a 16, 17-year-old. I think it might have been a fly. Somebody might correct me. But I think he started out 105 and ended up fighting guys 154 pounds. He won eight different divisions as a champion. Now, I know the divisions have been split up like how it used to be in the – 100 years ago when you only had eight divisions now they're like 20 something but still he went from 105 pounds i believe as a youngster up to 154 uh winning a title he is underrated he is i mean max kellerman has said it when you look at the greatest boxers in history well manny's in the top 10 for sure he might be in the top five ever that's how great he is yeah well he's gonna lose because he's fighting a cuban <laughs> he's gonna kick his ass i don't know uh, but if, if, you ugas is good but manny is 42 so yeah. we got it. I'm intrigued. Yeah. Even though it's not the Spence fight, I still want to see yeah. this fight. And let's not forget Manny Pacquiao. I will also say underrated for all the reasons Michael outlined. And he also had a very brief uh, basketball career because yeah. he's a big, uh, you know, he's a big basketball guy. Right. Let's not forget that he yeah. played in the Philippines Basketball Association That's for. A brief and moment. he's going to be the future president of the Philippines. He, you, yeah, he might. Oh be. yeah. Oh, I think he will be. Yeah. I'm going to join you guys in underrated, but I'm going to say this. I really don't have that much interest in seeing Manny Pacquiao fight anymore. What? Why not? No, seriously, like those, like his the prime days. True. Where he was like really, really the guy that right. everybody wanted to see. Those days are long gone. I actually don't like when guys hang on too long. Only thing I will say though is if he gets out of the fight easily and unscathed, watching Manny Pacquiao go from the ring directly to the karaoke bar, <laughs> that is great. I love that. And do you guys realize that Manny Pacquiao, we talk a lot about Dennis Schroeder today and money. You realize that Manny Pacquiao is worth over $3 billion? No, who yeah. says says what? Says who? Says the internet. No, he's not yeah, worth that's that not much. Sure. He's that's not, not worth sure. telling you what the internet says. And by the way, Michael, uh, Beto Duran just texted me. He started as a flyweight, 115 pounds. Oh, 115. Okay, yeah. 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 Well, yeah, well I did say flyweight. I th- uh, I, yeah. Straw weight. Straw weight is 105 pounds. Yeah. yeah. 
I can't believe men weigh 105 pounds who fight. He was only 16. He started as a yeah. junior flyweight yeah. when he made his professional boxing debut. That's crazy. 16, yeah. they let you box? Yeah, yeah I mean, back well, in the Philippines, internationally, of course. Yeah. It's Philippines, yeah. of course. They, 115 they pounds, by the way, makes for a very nice jockey. I'll tell you yeah. guys that right yeah. now. 115 pounds. If I see a jockey's only 115 pounds, I'm betting on that horse because the horse isn't carrying a whole lot. Yeah, yeah. there you yeah. go. Man, yeah, Manny's made a lot of money, but is he, he's made over $300 million, but he gives away so much in the Philippines to so many poor people. Yeah. I know they say him. right here, net worth $3.2 billion. I'm cheating. I'm on Google. Yeah, I don't know if I buy that. Uh, he's not uh, like that much. That is overrated, underrated. Michael Thompson, you are always underrated. Enjoy your two-hour drive down Orange County to the Palatial Estates, and thank you for sticking well, around and covering for me for I a I didn't do bit. it for you two clowns. I did it to these, for these two beautiful ladies, Laura and Lindsay, in here. Thank you. I believe Thanks, that. Michael. Thanks I for sticking that. around. All right, you bet. Mm -hmm. yes. Hey, listen right, to the whole ya. show. Yeah, li listen to no, us no, the entire way go. down. He's He's got to go. He's got to go. The show will be over. You can listen. Right. By the time you get home, <laughs> yeah. see how see if you get to 630 with us. Right. I'll right. I will. There you Don't go. Worry. You probably will. It might be close. Oh, i yeah. got to be honest with you. Uh, all right. There's Michael Thompson. But real quick, before we go to break, uh, and I, I want to get into a couple of other things. Like the Dodgers, by the way. I know they're playing right now. Um, but we've got to talk about the Dodgers and that performance yesterday. I, normally, I don't like to sit here and single out you know, a, a game in the middle of August. But I feel like there was some significance to that, and I'll explain why in just a moment. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yep, Sedano and Cap with you here on 710 ESPN. So, Cap, I was watching the Dodger game yesterday. I know you were a little worried, and we've been keeping this stat about the, uh, I believe now they are even at 500 against teams 500 or above, right? And they are more healthy than they've been in a while, and they've got the reinforcements and Trey Turner and Max Scherzer and all that stuff. And they look, I, I feel like this series against Philly, we talked about it would be something that was worth uh, keeping an eye on, right, even in August. And I, I feel like they've done pretty well so far. Well, I would say this to you, George. Um, yesterday was a very, very good win for the Dodgers. You know, you go to Philadelphia where the Phillies had uh, just run off eight straight wins. They had worked their way into first place in their division. And, you know, really the Dodgers came out super strong after what was an extended rain delay because we were on the air at the time yesterday and we mentioned yeah. that, you know, they were bringing the tarps out onto the field. So to go on the road against a first place team on that kind of a winning streak and not only win but shut them out, uh, yeah, that was a really solid win. And the one play, George, that everybody's talking about is the Trey Turner slide. By the way, how do you like this new thing in baseball where guys wear a mitten on yeah, their hand that. while they're yeah. running the bases? The yeah. way he slid into home so casually and smooth and gracefully touches home plate, but he's sliding on his butt and then through the, through the slide, stands up and turns around. I mean, it was such a beautiful athletic move by Trey Turner. We knew he was advertised as a great base runner and a fast player, but... That was that was a spectacular athletic move. What I really loved was after the game, like, yo, so how'd that happen? He's like, what? What's what's the big deal? Like, well, the way you you know slid and touched and then stood up and 
yeah, it's really not really a big deal. The rest of us mortal humans were like, damn, dude, that was an insane play. Yeah, it was insane. The mittens are funny looking, but also I understand it. You know what I mean? Like, I get why having the mittens, particularly if you can get spiked on your sliding hand, right? Like, I think that that uh, protects you certainly a little bit for sure in that regard. But, man, this team, I I feel like if they can just get some luck on the health perspective, and I know Mookie just went on the DL, okay? Then get just any semblance of good fortune on that end, Man, I feel like they may still be able to pull this off. That's a big ask because it's been a strange season when it comes to injuries, and we spent a lot of time the other day talking about Kershaw and that situation and the 60-day DL where he's probably not going to pitch for another month or so. But if they can find that ability to come September be good and whole heading into the playoffs, I feel good about it. Because, look, I sat here a couple of years ago. I'll never forget. I used to, When I was doing the morning show back in the day with Keyshawn and LZ, they had a miserable September uh, a number of years ago. And I, I remember, I think they were like 5 and like 15 or something ridiculous like that. Maybe even worse. And I kept, that's where this, uh, we, we had these t-shirts printed at the time because I kept saying, oh, relax, it's just baseball. And they were like, no, it's not. You can't be going into the, the postseason like this. Is that? I said, they're still going to make the World Series relax. It's just baseball. So we had these shirts printed with a hashtag, it's just baseball. <laughs> and so if they were able to pull that off, like I still feel good about their chances in a short series against almost any team as long as they have Max Scherzer and Walker Bueller. Yeah, and George, you know what's going to happen here down the stretch if you look ahead at the schedule? Between the Giants, the Dodgers, and the Padres, there's going to be a lot of head-to-head matchups, especially late in the season. So you don't know who's going to take from who and who's going to climb. And so let me just let me throw a poll at you real quick. This is okay. from Dodger Blue. Uh, this is the website, DodgerBlue.com. Here's the question they ask. You ready? How confident are you in the Dodgers winning the NL West? And they give you three options. Very confident. Somewhat confident. See you in the wild card. So, George, you tell me, how would you vote in this DodgerBlue.com poll? I would say somewhat confident. I'm not ultra confident just yet because the Giants are good, man. Okay, here's the results. Uh, Very confident, 41%, almost 42. Somewhat confident, 31%. And see you in the wild card at 27%. Now, keep in mind, of course, these are Dodger fans who visit this website, DodgerBlue.com. I mean, that's that's who they they cater to. Uh, So, generally speaking... Dodger fans, after being polled about how confident you are that the Dodgers will win the NL West, 41, almost 42%, 41.7, almost 42% say they are very confident that the Dodgers will still ultimately win the division. Now, that would be weird if uh, it was called Dodger Blue and it would be like a different team's website. So, right, you know, that would be would weird if it was a bunch of Padre fans that were there, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. kind of doing so, that. Right. That is a safe assumption, that yes. I would say. Is, yes, it is. is. The case. So. Uh, so anyway, yeah, look, I, I like their chances in a short series, though. I don't care where they're at. Um, they don't need to win the division for me. No, I got it. But listen, I think you, you've just made the point about health. And we, we talked about that earlier with Michael Thompson about the Lakers. You know, there's there's this assumption that if the Lakers all stay healthy, then they're going to be there at the end. And I think that's a that's a solid assumption based on if LeBron is healthy, if AD is healthy, and with all the additions that the Lakers have made, if they are healthy, they will compete for a title. I think we can all we can all feel pretty good about making that sort of assumption. That's not exactly going out on a limb. For the Dodgers, getting Clayton Kershaw back would be, and if you're a Dodger fan, hopefully will be huge. And secondly, this Mookie Bet situation 
it's something certainly to keep your eyes on because he's been in and out of the lineup with this hip injury to the point where they obviously tried to move him from the outfield to second base, which they did, but now they, they really don't want to put him there because now that you've got Trey Turner, you really don't want to use Mookie there, but you want to utilize his skills out in the outfield. But I really think we got to keep our eyes on those two injuries in particular, Kershaw and Mookie. you got to have them back. I'm not saying you can't win the division. I'm not saying you can't win a playoff series without them. But with those two guys and a full complement, They've got the best roster in baseball. Oh, I actually feel like Mookie is way more important there. Perhaps, um, but regardless, you, you got to get him back. You know, and this this hip injury has been going on now all season long. Yeah, I, but just sit him. You, I don't. You know, look. I, right now, I feel like you're. It would take a catastrophic situation for them to fall out of the wild card situation. So just give him the rest he needs. Put him on the DL for a couple of weeks. Let him just chill out, and then you're good to go. Let him get his sea legs under him at the you know the beginning of September, basically. I think it's good advice. By the way, Dodgers and Phillies right now at 0-0. I was telling everybody, George Ball, you were still stuck in traffic. You might as well hang out with us all day because we'll keep you up to speed with the game, but we're going to be talking about a lot of other stuff that's a lot more fun anyway. So Dodgers, Phillies, bottom second, 0-0. Yeah, for sure. And coming up next, we're going to get into something that apparently became a little controversial in regards to the NFL uh, earlier this morning. We'll get to that in just a moment. We'll tell you what that's all about. Stick around, plus what you need to know. 710 ESPN, back in three minutes.